Well, today I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we honor God's word and read it aloud together. Today we're going to be reading from Proverbs 27, verse 17. Many of you probably know this, uh, very familiar with it. Maybe you know it by heart. And let's read together. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you now and we thank you for your word. It's so precious to us, God. We thank you that it, it, it guides us. We thank you that you speak to us through it. So, Lord, let us have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us today. God, where we need adjustments in our life, we welcome your voice. We welcome your correction. Where we need to be encouraged, we welcome that. Uh, where we need healing in our hearts and maybe even just the, the, our eyes open to certain things, we welcome whatever it is that you're wanting to do in our hearts today, Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that as we leave this place, that we are more shaped into the image of Christ and more equipped to be the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth today. And everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. I want to ask you a question. Do you ever wonder what your life is going to look like in five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? What's life look like? And what if you had, like, you know, the magic mirror, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall? We're not asking who's the fairest of them all. Everybody knows that'd be me, but actually it's Larry. Larry, you're the fairest of them all. Larry's like, that's the last time I get up to go to the restroom. <laughs> what if you had a magic mirror that could show you your future? Wouldn't that be nice? I don't have a magic mirror to show you your future. Some of y'all are looking around going, is he going to take his shoes off again? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that today. But I do have the next best thing to a magic mirror. Think about three of your closest relationships. Think about those, the, the closest to you, two, three, four people maybe, the people that you spend the most time with, the people that have the most influence on you. What path are they heading down? Where do you see their life headed in 5, 10, 20 years from now? There you have it. There's your magic mirror. Someone once said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Can you guys say that with me? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You know, King Solomon is famed as the wisest man to have ever lived. And he wrote this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Uh, it's not up here on the screen, but just, just listen to this. It says, he who walks with wise men will be wise. That feels good, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. And he continues on and he says, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Ugh. J.D., that sounds kind of harsh. You know, I'm walking with this person, though. I mean, it seems like they just got some foolish things going on in their life. And I'm walking with them, though, to show the light of Christ in their life. That's good. That's great. But my question is like, oh, is that why you went with them to the movies and watched that raunchy comedy with them? Was to shine the light of Christ in their life? Okay. Some people have twisted the phrase, you know, Jesus, friend of sinners, 
which uh, this is found in, in a couple different places in the Scripture. It's not the exact phrase, but even Jesus um, kind, of, kind of mockingly quotes the religious leaders and saying, you know, look at him. He, he eats with the sinners. He's a friend of sinners. He parties with the sinners. And some people have kind of twisted that, Jesus' friend of sinners, to, to justify their decisions and their actions and their behavior and their lifestyle, where instead of calling their friends who are sinners into righteousness, they've allowed themselves to be dragged from righteousness into sin with their friends. See the difference? One of my mentors told me this one time. She said that when people with different values hang out together long enough, that ultimately somebody changes. The values get compromised. Somebody's do. So the question is this, how did Jesus do it? How did Jesus do it? Because how, how did Jesus spend time around center, sinners and not become debased? How, how did he hang out with them and stay undefiled? Because this is how. Because he knew the difference between walking with a sinner and then calling a sinner to walk with him. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us be like Jesus in this area. Amen. Listen, it's not that we can't befriend sinners. We should on some level, right? But when we befriend sinners, we ought to be calling them to righteousness, not the other way around. Just a couple of days ago, I was talking with a friend who had to officiate a funeral service for a young woman who used to be in his youth group when he led a youth group. And this young woman now is 32 years old and mother of three. And he told me this girl used to be the sweetest girl. She used to love Jesus, serve Jesus, any opportunity that she could. But she got caught up in the wrong relationships. And it led her down an incredibly destructive path towards substance abuse and all manner of ungodliness. It's sad. So listen, where your relationships are headed, the people who have influence in your life, that's where you're headed. That's where you're headed. Can I, uh, Pastor Bob, before you run out real quick, I meant to ask this earlier in the, in the busyness of all of the morning. I just kind of slipped and forgot. Sorry, everybody. This is an unprofessional moment, but <laughs> could you find me a whiteboard and marker? Thank you. It normally is back here behind backstage, and it wasn't. So anyway, I've got a, a drawing to do in just a second. Real quick, teenagers, young adults, everybody in, this, in here needs to hear this, but I especially want teenagers and young adults to hear this. If your friends are on a collision course with a rehab program, then you go ahead yourself and just start learning the 12, the 12 steps. If your friends are entitled 
and they have a poor work ethic, then just go ahead and start figuring out whose couch you're going to crash on, whoever will let you. If your friends are engaging in illegal behavior, go ahead and just find a jumpsuit that fits, an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> Why? Because show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah, all the people who are, you know, older than 30 in here are like, yeah, it's true, it's true. I'm not just talking about just anybody that you know, okay? I'm talking about people that you're walking with, that you're doing life with, the ones who have influence in your life, you know? But on the other hand, if your friends are godly, if they're righteous, if they're, they have life-giving habits, if they're people of honor and integrity, if they live their lives through the lens of a biblical worldview, then that's who I want to spend my time with. That's who I want them to have influence in my life. This past week, I spent a few days at a, at a leadership retreat, and the question was posed to me, like, why are you here? Like, why did you come here? What do you hope to, to achieve after you leave here? What expectation did you come with? And, and my, my answer was real simple. I said, you know, I came here because... Not, not because I felt like I just like currently have some major deficiencies in my leadership or anything like that. I need, man, I really need some leadership coaching in this specific area. That's not really why I'm here. I simply came because of the relationship that I had with the leader of the retreat and with some of the other people that were there. These are people that are headed in the same direction that I want to head in. So I want to get around them. I want to be around them. I, I can get decent leadership coaching and teaching anywhere, but I can't get the relationship just anywhere. Relationships are key in the discipleship process. That's what we have to learn. We have to keep in mind that, yeah, I can get this, that, and the other almost anywhere, but if I'm going to really grow as a disciple of Jesus, then it's going to take this, this piece of the puzzle, this relationship piece, and it's a, it's a big one. I told the leader of the retreat, I said, hey, I know you're not perfect, but when I look at how you've navigated your 73 years of life through the, the ups and downs, the attacks that you've weathered in life, the loss of your husband, where you've been wrongly accused of this and that, and you've had to overcome this, that, and the other. When I look at that, and I see how you've stayed dedicated and committed and faithful to the Lord and to your family and to the ministry that he's called you to for over five decades, I want to be like you. That's why I'm here. I said, you and this is a big compliment. I wouldn't say this to a lot of people, but I said, you're like a modern day. You guys can go ahead and bring that up right here. Thank you so much. I said, you are like a modern day Apostle Paul. When Paul said, you guys, it's just a whiteboard. <laughs> They're not doing a magic trick, I promise. Anyway. Listen, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. 
And I'm at the point in my life where there's not a tremendous amount of people that if they said that, I would listen to. But this person was. I said, I want to I be like you. I'm not putting this person upon a pedestal. I don't think that they're perfect. I don't think that they've never made a mistake. I'm not idolizing them. But there's some things in their life that I'm going to be like, man, if I ever go through something like that, I want to respond the way that you did. That's why I'm here. I want that to rub off on me. You can learn all kinds of principles. You can be exposed to good teaching in books and on podcasts and on YouTube. And all all that stuff is good. But if I don't have relationship, then my discipleship growth will be limited. It'll be stunted. Discipleship growth that's not stunted, it's not limited, requires relationship. You've got to have it. It requires Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpening iron. Contact. And sometimes, a lot of times, friction. It requires close contact, not just a book, not just a podcast, not just watching church online. This is why our life groups that we're getting ready to start a new semester of in just a couple of weeks, this is why they're so vital. It's so important. This is why getting together in the living room or getting together at the donut shop Praise the Lord. Getting together for lunch in McAllister's Deli or whatever it, whatever it looks like, it's why it's so important. If you're not involved in a life group, if you're not involved in a, in a small group of believers who are headed in the same direction that you want to be headed in, they're like, yes, Jesus, we want to submit ourselves to you. We want to follow you. We want to be shaped into your image and likeness. We want to be equipped to be the hands and feet of you on the earth today. If you're not in a group like that, then you're missing out on a big piece of the puzzle. You're missing out on spiritually formative relationships. Yes, I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad that these rows are filled today. But we don't just need rows, we also need circles. God cares about who we're in relationship with. Why does He care? Because our relationships can either accelerate or they can delay his plan for our lives. It's true. I've seen it in my life. Both ways I've seen it. Our relationships play a role in our becoming who God has created us to be. They play a role in us being equipped to do what he's called us to do. A few years ago, I used this, this illustration, and I really appreciate these guys finding this for me on such short notice. Can we give them a big hand clap? Which one of these sides has the bigger tip? I don't know. Let's see. Um, I've, I've heard several of you reference this from a few years ago, and I thought this is a great opportunity to bring this back out and use this. Um, so I want, I want us to define some relationships, and we're going to draw three circles. Like, oh, that's why there's a title of the circles. Okay? These are three circles of relationship. 
They're like, that looks like a bullseye. Let's go shoot some archery. All right. This first outer circle is casual. That's a casual circle. You know what? That's a big circle. You can fit a lot of friends in there. You can fit a whole bunch of people in there. And these are people that, you know, that you get along with. You may not spend a lot of time with them, but you, you see them every once in a while. You talk to them every once in a while. You don't really hang out with them all that much, but they're cool. It's just casual. It's a large circle. A lot of people can fit into that one. The, the next one, uh, and this is you, by the way. That's you. They're like, it is a bullseye. This next circle is the people that are close to you. Like, my, my goodness, there's a third circle. What's going to be closer than close? This circle right here is smaller, so it doesn't fit as many people into it, but it's, it's still several. And these are people that you do spend more time with, you know? There, there's people that you, you do have a lot more in common with. You hang out with these people on a more regular basis. Maybe you're on the same, you know, sports team with them, or your kids are on the same sports team together, or maybe you're grabbing, grabbing lunch or coffee with these ladies, or guys, you know, I don't know, you're, you're going and throwing axes with them or something. I don't know. You're in the bowling league with them, whatever it is. And these close relationships have a level of influence on your life. On, they have some kind of level of influence on your life, and, and they're more important uh, than the people that are just in the casual area. But once again, there's not as much room, so there's fewer of these. Now, this circle right here, this is this, what's closer than close? Core. This is your core circle. And it's pretty small. Not very many people fit in this one at all. Maybe... Two, if you're really blessed, three or four, and that's it. It's a very small circle. Also known as the circle of trust. <laughs> Greg, you want to be in the circle of trust. <laughs> These are the people that it's like, man, I can't spend enough time around these people. I love these people. These people mean a lot to you. They have a lot of influence in your life. You, you value their opinion more than anybody else's opinion. You share your dreams with them. You share things with these people that nobody else knows about you but these people right here, these two, three, maybe four people. They're the most important and critical relationships. But again, just a handful of people could fit in there. So we've got these three circles, casual, close, and core. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do just a quick inventory of the relationships that you have in your life. Just run through your mind real quick and think of family and friends and coworkers and so on and so forth. Which people are in which circle? You might find that you have maybe a little bit more or less of a certain type of relationship than you think. And as you're doing this inventory, you might find that there are certain 
people in particular relationship circles that maybe shouldn't be there. Maybe you've got somebody in this circle right here in your close circle that you're like, um, I like them, but they need to move over here. Maybe you've got somebody over here in the core. They're like, uh, I love them, but they really ought to be one little further step out than this. It's possible, and this will take time and getting to know people, but there's possible there's somebody out here that needs to move closer or into here. It's possible. Sometimes we need to move people around into different circles. I firmly believe this, that there are people who should be here today. They should be worshiping with us. They should be fellowshipping with us. They should be doing life with us. But because of how they have their relationships sorted in different circles, they're not here today. I hear some of you mm-hmm, and nodding your head. And you know. You know. Uh, on the drive here this morning, I was just thinking about and I think there's people that, um, this is not in my notes. This is a freebie. You can, you can pay extra tithe for this later. Um, all the Seeds family are like, y'all, you need to be careful. We have a lot of guests here today. We like to have fun. There are some people who they got offended with somebody over here. This person got offended with that person. And because of that, they're like, well, I'm out. And they went out over here. And they've left people that they should have stayed in relationship with. Does that make sense? This is, not a, this is not a message about forgiveness. But listen, guys, as the body of Christ, one of the most primary things that we have to do with our hearts is keep them in the area of, like, staying before God in the area of forgiveness and staying before people in the area of forgiveness. If we don't get this forgiveness issue right, and I know we talked about it quite a bit last year in 2022, if we don't get this forgiveness issue right, it's going to mess up our lives. It'll mess up the lives of, of those who are closest to us. It's true. It's awfully quiet in here. But anyway, I, again, I believe that there are people that are supposed to be here today. But because they don't have these circles ordered properly and the right people in the right slot, they're not here today. Why? Is it just because they, you know, had something else going on today? No, it's not really what it was. It's really about influence. It's really about influence. And they're missing out because they're not here. And 
we're missing out because they're not here. It goes both ways. Because God has deposited some treasure on the inside of me that you need. But guess what? He's also deposited treasure on the side of you, Michael, that I need. So I'm glad you're here today. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for opening the lid and sharing with me. Can I confess something to y'all? Did you know that there are days that I don't feel like being here at church? What? You are the pastor. You are not allowed to feel that way. Every once in a while, I would just like to sleep past 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Every once in a while, at the end of a long day, I'm like, man, I, I don't really feel like going to the Wednesday night prayer meeting tonight. But I show up anyway, even when I don't feel like it. Why? Because I know it's going to be good for me to be here. I know that every single time, I'll be glad I saw you. I'll be glad that we worshiped Jesus together. I'll be glad to see what the Holy Spirit did in our midst. And I'm telling you guys, over the years, the decades that I've been following Jesus and been in church, and every single time I dragged my rear end here, even when I didn't feel like it, not one single time at the end of that day did I go, that was a waste of my time. I could have been doing something else. Every single time I leave and I go, man, I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad I I got here. I'm so glad I I went to that small group meeting. I didn't want to go to life group. It was a struggle. We, the kids were acting like crazy people, but we, we went and we got there and I'm so glad that we did. Maybe there's someone or some ones that you notice that are not here today. Maybe it's somebody that's part of our regular church family. Maybe it's somebody that's just visited a few times. Maybe it's somebody that hasn't even stepped through the doors once, but you know they need to be here. Or you know they need to be part of a life group. I would encourage you, reach out to them. Tell them that you miss them. Tell them, we, I need you here. I need you to be here. And listen, don't use guilt and shame tactics. Use love tactics. Because they need us and we need them. We got to get these circles right. When I look at these relationship circles, there is no one in this core circle that's there by accident. There's no one that's there that's just, well, I don't really know why they're there. They just kinda, it just kind of happened. It didn't work out that way. These are the most important relationships. So I, I, I need to know why they are in my core. Relationships are like an elevator. They can either take you up or take you down. I need to know why they're there. Relationships, are, 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 they, they, they can either elevate you or deflate you. 
So if we rise and fall to the level of our relationships, then I want these people right here, I want to surround myself with people who have the same spiritual vision and values for their life that I have, that are going to be championing me to go after Jesus, to be everything that he's created me to be, to be equipped to do everything that he's called me to do. And that's one of the reasons why this is good here, but you need a life group. And I want to surround myself with those who share this common values and vision. And it's not my values and vision. It's Jesus' values and vision for our life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This this is a little unusual passage for this talk, but just stick with me here. You'll, You'll see it connect. Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, and he says, Examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from every appearance of evil. Everybody in here heard that one before? Especially like that last part, we're really familiar. Abstain from every appearance of evil. But the part that I want to focus on today is the part where he says, examine everything carefully. Everybody say that with me. Examine everything carefully. That means our relationships. We ought to examine our relationships carefully. Some people need to move closer. Some people need to move further out. Oh, man, this is uncomfortable. Because I know that you're thinking of names and faces right now. But listen, I, I know so many people that had so much going for them, but because they made poor selections in the the relationship area of their life, it costs them big time. Like Like that young lady who had to be buried earlier this week, 32 years old, mother of three, made some poor decisions in the area of relationships. It cost her her life, and it cost her children their mother's life. You might think, man, that's really extreme. That could never happen to me. Listen, it could happen to the best of us. It can happen to the heroes of the Bible. In Judges 13 through 16, we read about this guy named Samson. Samson was a Nazarite, which means that he had taken a public vow to live and and serve God, live a life of service to God. Another thing about Samson was that he was a leader in the nation of Israel. And when, when Samson was just a child, God spoke to his parents and, and said that Samson was to never cut his hair as a symbol of his consecration to uh, the service of God for the rest of his life. And through this symbol of consecration, God gave Samson supernatural strength to defeat Israel's armies, or excuse me, enemies. <laughs> Some of you are like, J.D., is that why you're growing your hair out? <laughs> No, I just, my wife wants me to grow it out. So anyway, if she likes it, I like it. One time, a lion attacked Samson, and he tore it apart with his bare hands. One time, Samson went to the city gates of the Israel's enemy, and he tore the city gates apart, and he carried them up a hill. That's hardcore. There was another time when he was attacked by an entire army and he took the jawbone 
of a decomposed donkey and he defeated a thousand men. I mean, talk about opening up a can of whoop right there, you know? <laughs> right. This dude is basically invincible. But he made some very poor choices in the relationship department. Samson found himself in a relationship with this woman named Delilah, who was a Philistine, which right there should be like the alarm bell should be going off. Get away from her. Why? Why? Because the Philistines were like the arch enemies of Israel. And this woman was deceitful and she was selfish. And some of the Philistine officials, they approached Delilah and they bribed her, say, would you help us find out the secret of Samson's strength? So Delilah pressures Samson day and night and day and night and over and over and over again, trying to coax Samson into revealing to her the secret of his strength. And after some pretty wild and crazy things that uh, Samson had conspired together with, with the Philistine you know, uh, armies or the, the bad guys, things that Samson should have clearly seen. Oh, this is a trap. You know, it's like General Akbar from Star Wars. It's a trap, you know? Like, you can see this. What are you doing staying with this woman? One time, after another, after another, she set you up. But Samson kept lying to her, feeding her false information, and then the guys would try to attack, and Samson would defeat them, but she just kept on. She was relentless. She wanted that payday from the Philistines. And sure enough, Samson finally revealed it to her. It's the uncut hair which was the symbol of his consecration to God. And so while Samson slept, Delilah sheared. And Samson put Delilah in this core circle. And he, that's the decision that he made. Where should, where should she have been? Yeah, out here in utter darkness. And you know what? There might be some of us who have people in our core that need to be out here. That's just really, that's just, I, I don't know that Jesus would say that, J.D. Who did Jesus surround himself with? The closest people. Peter, James, John. These guys weren't perfect by any means. They weren't like leading Jesus but they were on the path. They had the same, the, 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 the same shared values and vision. Yes, Jesus was friend to sinners. But we should discern, like Jesus, how to be a friend to sinners like he was a friend to sinners. Like, we are a friend of sinners and we are calling them unto righteousness. Not a friend of sinners moving from righteousness into sin. Amen? And this thing that happened with Samson and Delilah, 
It's the same story that I've seen played out in so many lives, even so many believers' lives. We allow all the wrong influences into our core circles of life, and it just leads to devastating results. I mean, what happened to Samson? He lost his strength. The Philistines showed up. They tied him up. They kidnapped him. They gouged his eyes out. They force him into, into slave labor. And he ends up just going around in circles, pushing the grindstone at a mill. All the while, while making a mockery of him and a mockery of Yahweh. You can read the rest of the story in Judges. There is kind of a poetic ending to that story, but it's still a sad story. The point is is that poor relationship choices are going to cost you. I mean, I'm serious, guys. I'm thinking about people that ought to be here, or they have to be in some church today, but because of the relationship choices, they're not. And it's costing them. It's costing them in a lot of areas of life. I've seen it happen to others, and I've seen it even happen to myself. I've had people in the wrong circle, and eventually it cost me a whole lot. What can it cost you? Your marriage? Your relationship with your kids, or maybe even your grandkids? seen that happen in my family. Someone was in the wrong circle and it cost them their relationship with their entire family, generations of their family. It can cost you your relationship with people who you thought they wouldn't walk away from me in a million years. Oh yeah, they might if you don't get this order right, they might. It's happened to me. It can cost you your business. It can cost you your dreams. And it can even cost you your relationship with God. Not because God's going to walk away from you, but because the way that you have things ordered, you basically just turn your back on God. It's not that he went anywhere. It's that you decided. Oh, JD, that would never happen to me. No, 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 no. I'm watching it happen right now into the lives of some of the people that I love that would have said the very same thing. And it's heartbreaking. Samson had so much going for him, but he threw it all away by having someone in his core circle that didn't belong there. And God's plan for your life is too important for you to just throw it away by making poor relationship choices. So how do you order your relationships? Or the question is maybe, do you even order them? Or do you just let people just show up in your life, hang out, for however long it is they want to for any period of time, and then when they leave, you see just a trail of destruction left behind. When we're sorting our relationship circles, we need to ask ourselves just a simple question like, is having this person in this circle 
Is it helping me or hurting me? And I don't mean for that to sound super selfish, like we only want to just be networked with people that can help us advance. It's not really about that. Because real relationship is a two-way street. It's not one-sided. And I think that's one of the questions that might help us realize that someone's in the wrong circle when we go, this is a one-sided relationship. I'm giving out a lot here. And what I'm getting back, what's being reciprocated back in this relationship Like, I don't necessarily need to abandon this relationship, but maybe I just need to move them over here. Does that make sense? We need to learn how to hunt for the right relationships. We shouldn't just wait, just rant like, well, just whoever will be my friend will be my friend. No, we need to, to be purposeful. And go after the people. Everyone that's in our core circle right now should be in some way encouraging us to wholeheartedly follow Jesus. Bottom line, right there. If, they, if you have someone in your core circle right now that's not encouraging you to wholeheartedly follow Jesus, then you might need to think about just moving them a step out. And let's fill this circle right here with those who are going to run toward Jesus with us. Remember, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. That's what a life group will help you do. It'll help you get sharp. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. I want to invite you just right now, close your eyes with me just for a second, because I want you to just not be distracted by anything. I want you to ponder three questions. First question is this. Who is in your core circle? You should be able to answer that pretty quickly. Next question is this. Why are they in your core circle? Third question is this. What relationships need some adjustment? What relationships in my life do I need to kind of shuffle some folks around? Yeah, that person needs to move to that circle. That one needs to move a little further out. That one needs to move out altogether. That one needs to come closer. Heavenly Father, as we pray just right now, help us in the area of our relationships. We want to be mindful and pleasing to you. We want that to be more important than seeking the the approval of anybody else, God. Lord, maybe there's people in the wrong circles in our lives because... Our hearts are not centered on you, and we are just, we get that kind of that temporary good feeling by being a people pleaser and trying to win people's affections. But God, I pray that 
we would reorder our affections and that our affections would be centered on you and that, Lord, we would just be worried more and concerned more and focused more on what am I doing to, to please you, God? I want to live a life that's pleasing to you, not just pleasing to the people around me. Help us find, Lord God, help us find people who are going to encourage us and that, and that we can encourage. Help us see the treasure that you've deposited on the inside of us that we can share it with someone. We ask you for wisdom. Wisdom, heavenly, supernatural wisdom in developing healthy relationships. God, may we find May we find your purposes in our relationships. Jesus, be at the center of our relationships. God, thank you for the people in our lives that you are using to build stronger character in us and that you're using them to help encourage us to be closer with you. God, we thank you for those relationships. And God, help us to be a good friend to others and help us to love all people at all times, no matter what circle they're in. No matter if we need to move them into a different circle, God, help us to love them the way that you want us to love them, but yet still order our relationships right. Jesus, I thank you that you were a friend to us when we were your enemies. And from that example as we want to be a friend to sinners like you were calling our friends to righteousness help us learn how to do that we ask you for the courage we ask you for the grace we ask you for the discernment on what to do in the relationships that might be hurting us God help us not be deceived by outward appearances we ask you to guide us with wisdom and peace Jesus, we thank you for calling us your friends. Even though, like I said, God, we never did anything to deserve it. Deserve it. Thank you that you are a friend who sticks closer than a brother. It's your authority that we pray in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning? Just, just for a moment, just stay in a posture of, of reverence. We're not dismissing just this very moment, but I would say this. Those that are getting baptized in just a few moments from now. See, on Baptism Sunday, the service doesn't end right here. On Baptism Sunday, the service ends after we're done on the patio out there. So nobody run off. Let's just stay in this attitude of worship. But if you're getting baptized or if your children are getting baptized, we want to invite you to go ahead and be dismissed now to, to get ready for the baptism. But if you're here today, and you're like, I'm glad to hear that Jesus is a friend of sinners because that's who I am. And I don't want to stay a sinner anymore. I want to be called to righteousness. And maybe you're right here right now and you're thinking, I don't even know why I'm feeling this way. I'm not even sure why I showed up today. But here I am and all of a sudden this is, this is, this is how I feel. That's the Holy Spirit moving in your life right now. And he's elevating Jesus to you. And he's calling you to follow Jesus. 
If that's you today, I want to give you the opportunity to say yes to that. This, this life that we're called to in following Jesus is not about just praying a simple prayer and then all of a sudden, like, God sprinkles, like, fairy dust on us and that everything is just perfect. What this is is a lifelong commitment to say, Jesus, I'll follow you, and I know that I can do all things through you, Jesus, through the example that you've set for me and through the power of the strength of the Spirit that you've put inside of me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm going to serve you and follow you every day of my life. And on the days that I blow it, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to get up and keep going again by the power of your spirit. And I'm going to link arms with brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're going to do this together. And we're going to grow in our discipleship. We're going to grow as disciples. You know what a disciple is? A disciple isn't just someone who knows what their master knows. They are exactly like their master. That's why books and podcasts and watching church online and YouTube and all of that, that's why it's not good enough because there's no relationship there. I can learn all the things. I can learn, and oh, that's a great thing. I want to listen to that podcast. That was helpful. But if I really want to be like someone, I've got to be around someone, not just read their book, not just listen to their podcast, not just watch the thing online. i got to be around them. And that's what discipleship is. We, Jesus, we want to be like you. So if we're going to be like Jesus, then we got to be around the people of God who are around Jesus too. And if today you want to give your life to Jesus and get on this path of following him, I want to give you this opportunity to just take that step across the threshold onto this path, this lifelong journey. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, right now, I just pray for those in this room who are wanting to give their life to you. And I thank you that you're ministering to their heart through the power of your Holy Spirit. That you're elevating Jesus to them. And so I just ask everybody in the room right now to just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord God, I come to you now and I repent of my sin. I put that way of life behind me. And I ask you to forgive me. And I set my face to following Jesus. I believe that he is the son of God. I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the grave. And I declare him as the Lord of my life. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me new. And help me be like Jesus. Help me make a difference with my life for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the family of God.